everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today is part two of the series, Why Read the Bible? And I'm just going to share my heart with you guys and give you some ideas and tips along the way. you guys had a good Thanksgiving 2020 style, whatever that looked like for you. I took last week off of podcasting because we had some family in town and the house was kind of crazy and there was little children running around and it just was not a good time to find a place to podcast. So I was like, you know what? Everyone's eating turkey and doing things anyway. So we'll just skip a week. But I'm here today picking up kind of where we left off with why read the Bible. and. As I've been thinking about this now for two weeks and just some things that happened, some things I've read, some conversations I've had, I just want to like hit this one again hard. Why do we read the Bible? Why read the Bible? I hear people talk about it like it's a should. You should read the Bible. If you want to know God, you should read the Bible. And it's this thing that people even are honest about it. They don't don't really want to do. They feel intimidated by it. They feel daunted. They feel bored. They feel like, what's the point? And the more I talk to people and the more I hear things in our culture, the more I am just convinced that we must be in God's word. It's not even like a should. It's like a, it's like a, we have to, we need to. And it's not that we need to because God needs us to, or because it makes us a better person or any of that stuff. It's because there are so many lies out there in the world. And as I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking about what is the name for the enemy, for Satan, he's called the father of lies. And Jesus is called the truth. And it's like this epic battle raging between lies and truth. And we have no idea. We are completely unaware most of the time that this is where the battle is raging, this lies and truth. And you say, Christy, what does it matter if I have a little lies mixed in with my truth? Or if I don't really know all of it? I mean, it's hard to know. We can make excuses, but I'm telling you, this is exactly where my story came from. This is why we ended up in this cultic subgroup of Christianity with my family is because my parents didn't know any better. They were brand new Christians. They they hadn't really read the Bible. And this guy is talking about like the Bible says this and that. And they're like, okay, he must be right. And I hear this kind of stuff all the time. There are so many flavors of Christianity out there right now that are just not even close to being truth because they are just so mixed up with lies. And I don't really necessarily want to like start calling out names or stuff like that, but you've got your word of faith movements, you've got your prosperity gospel movements, you've got your progressive Christianity where people just think they can somehow come up with stuff that we haven't believed for the last 2000 years and call that good. We can decide which parts of the Bible we throw away, which parts we keep. I mean, it's just so much out there that sounds great and it might feel great, but how are you going to know if it's actually truth if you don't know what the Bible says for yourself? Because the Bible is so easily manipulated and twisted. It's words, it's literature. And so if you don't know what it says for yourself, you're not going to have a clue if the person you're listening to is speaking truth or not. And so that's why it's just so important. This is so much farther beyond just good Christians read their Bible kind of stuff. 
This is like, if you want to know the real God, if you want to know who he really is for yourself, you have got to be in the word. You've got to hear it from, your, from him for yourself. It, it's just, I can't stress this enough. If you want to understand who God is, you have to get in that word and find out for yourself because people will twist it with good motives or with bad motives. They will twist it. We're all broken and we just cannot seem to figure out who this God is by ourselves. We just screw it up all the time. And so as we're in the word of God for ourselves and we read it for ourselves, we discover who he really is for ourselves and the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Bible. Because amazingly enough, the Bible is alive. And so the Spirit of God speaks to us as we're reading it. He just opens our eyes to things. He helps us to see things we maybe never noticed before. And things just jump out right when we need them. It's amazing. It's amazing. When I was a kid, actually probably in the middle of our craziness, but like I said before, if you've listened to my story at all, my parents were kind of this weird mix of being in this cultic group and yet at the same time being on the fringe because they didn't believe all of it. And they really and truly did have a relationship with God for themselves at this point. And so I remember my mother doing this illustration with us this one time as children. And she started out with giving us each like a little taste of Robitussin, which is nasty. I hate Robitussin. And so she's like, here, just dip your finger in this and just taste it. And we're all like, ah, it's gross, disgusting. And she's like, this is what the Bible tastes like when you first start reading it. It's hard. It's difficult. You don't understand it, but it's good for you. And so you go ahead and keep doing it. And I feel like, you know, if we got to start there, if you have to start with the Bible being like medicine to you, because that's just how it is, like, just do it. Just get in there. Know it's good for you and just keep going. Little chunk at a time, little chunk at a time. And then she brings out cornflakes, like dry cornflakes. And she's like, here, eat some cornflakes. And so we're like munching on cornflakes. And she's like, it tastes better than Robitussin, right? Well, yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot to taste better than Robitussin. And she said, if you keep reading the Bible, it will eventually begin to feel like dry cereal, where it's not terrible. It's not great. But, you know, it's doable. You're like, I got this. We can make this happen. And then... This was morning. We were homeschooled. So this is like, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I feel like it was a ridiculous time of day to be having this happen because the next thing she brought out was ice cream. And she hands us these bowls of ice cream. And my mother is not a sugar person, but she gives us ice cream. And she says, if you continue to read the Bible, it will become like dessert and you will love it and you will want it and you will delight in it. And this is how it is. And friends, I can tell you that from experience is the truth. It is absolutely the truth. The more you get into the word of God and you understand it and you become familiar with the verbiage and the language, and the more you just experience it speaking to your own heart and soul, the more amazing it is and the more you want it. It becomes this thing that you want. And that's what we need to get. I have heard too often. Christians talking about, oh, I should have a quiet time. I should do devotions with God. I should, I should. And it's just this like drudgery. They don't want to, but it's they should. And this is guilt and shame. God does not want you to come to him out of guilt and shame. And I think it all starts with, I was thinking about this the other night. What, what gets us to that point where we just don't want to do this? I think it's because we don't understand who God is. 
I think if we stopped and really just took time to understand who God is, think about the things that we know about him, the things that he's created, how big he is, how powerful he is. Meditate on the fact that he came as Jesus. And then consider the fact that he's given us himself as the Holy Spirit to live with us and to commune with us, to abide with us. He wants to be with us. When we recognize how real God is, that he's not just a concept or an idea, but he's a living, breathing being who wants to know us. And this Bible and this prayer time is this opportunity to know the living God of the universe who created us and saved us and is coming back to fix everything. Gosh, that changes everything. Recognizing that God was real in my life changed everything. Before that time period, I was a good little girl doing my devos, but it was just flat, something I did, checked off my list. But once I recognized that God was real, like real, real, it all just changed. I wanted to know him. I wanted to be with him. I wanted to meet with him. And talking to God and being in his word just became this very special life-giving thing. And that's how I met the real Jesus. And that's how I discovered that my cult was fake. It was because of this time in God's word and in prayer with him. And I think so often it just becomes this thing that we do rather than an opportunity that we have. And so I just want to encourage you guys. God is real, real. And he has given us his word as a revelation of who he is, of who we are, of what salvation looks like of what this world was supposed to be, and of what he's going to do when he comes back someday. It's a revelation of truth so we can be on our guard against the lies of this world and the enemy and of false teachers because they are out there. They are everywhere. Like I said before, with good motives or with bad motives, they are everywhere. So how are you going to know the truth? You're going to know it by getting in the word of God. You're going to know about it by communing with him through prayer. So what does that look like? And this is where I want to just kind of switch gears a minute and give you some just very sound, easy examples of what you could do in your own quiet time with God. So a few years ago, I came across this method called SOAP, and it's S-O-A-P. And I really like it because it just helps you to just kind of like slow down in the Word of God. I think so often we feel like we have to just devour these huge chunks of scripture and then we just get overwhelmed or behind or whatever. And in the last few years, I've really just started to go very slowly through a certain book. And I'll read that book two or three or four times until I feel like I've gotten this book. I understand the context of it. I understand how the chapters flow together. I understand how the verses flow together. I understand what comes first and next and last. And and it just is making sense to me. I'll do background information on the book. I'll look up the author. I'll look up the time period. I'll do some digging into specific verses that seem confusing, all this kind of stuff. I just like soak in this this book. And so the soap version of Bible study is really great for this kind of a thing. Because if you read a chapter or just a couple verses, you grab a couple sections of those verses. So two, three verses that stood out to you. And the first one is S stands for scripture. And so you just write that down. And I have pages that I've printed out before that you can um, get that have the SOAP written down, or you can just do it in a journal or a notebook or whatever. So you just write down those verses of scripture. And I find that as I'm writing scripture, 
it takes a little bit longer. And so you just are forced to like focus on it more. And you really just see how the words flow together. And it just kind of makes sense. So whether you just use those verses that you read, two or three verses that you read, or whether you just pick out two or three verses from that section that you read that stands out to you. So write those down. And then O is observations. What do you observe as you read this portion of scripture? What do you notice? What's standing out to you? Maybe you didn't notice it before. Maybe it's just special this time, but observe. Make some observations and jot those down. And then A is application. How do those observations, how do this passage, how does this apply to you? How can you apply this to your life right now? And as we talked about before, obviously you're not going to be able to just take any old verse and just be like, oh, this means it for me. But you can look at the concept behind that verse. You can look at the context. You can look at who God is in the section of scripture, and you can totally apply that to your life. So how can I apply this to my life? What is the overarching message here that I can apply to my life? And then P is pray. And just pray through those verses. Talk to God about them. Talk to God about the application, the observation. And then listen as he speaks back to you in your heart or through the scripture. So I like that simple method. I feel like that is something that's doable. It's something that I can handle. And I don't do it all the time, but it's definitely an an option. If you want something a little more in-depth, I think I mentioned last time the Net Bible or Blue Letter Bible, Read Scripture app. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there to help you get into the Word of God. So many things. Seriously, guys, we live in a time in history when there is no excuse for getting into the Word of God. We have so many versions available in our language. We have them available as as apps at our fingertips. We have no excuse for getting into the Word of God. We have all kinds of study tools that are right there to help us understand difficult pieces. And it's just, it's all there. But I really just want to encourage you guys, as we talk about deconstruction and reconstruction of our faith, there are a lot of things within evangelical and religious Christianity that need to be deconstructed. There is stuff that is not accurate. But you are going to find a lot of people out there who are deconstructing and then just living happily in this place of like confusion and doubt. And they don't necessarily want you to find answers, solid answers. And they don't necessarily think that we can find solid answers. Or maybe they just have reached this place of progressive Christianity where they just don't believe any of these historical tenets of the faith anymore. And so I would just say, watch, just watch out for that. Because there's a lot of stuff that needs deconstructing. There's a lot of traditions and rituals and religion that we have experienced that's not true. But there is truth. And there is a real God. And if if God is real, then he's the one that gets to decide what the truth is. We don't get to decide that. We don't get to just make it up because it feels good to us. And so I would just say, I just caution you, just be careful in your reconstruction. Please reconstruct. Go ahead and start putting those pieces back together. What do I believe? There's some amazing apologetics material out there. Uh, Alyssa Childers is wonderful, or Alisa Childers might be her name. She's wonderful. I'll link her podcast in the notes. There's just some really great stuff out there for apologetics. And why do we believe what we believe as a historical Christian? So let's deconstruct by all means, get rid of this extra junky garbage that we've collected on the way, but then let's reconstruct and let's reconstruct a truly biblical Christianity, one that is solidly historical and orthodox and isn't just going off of our emotions or feelings or beliefs today. My truth, your truth, everybody's truth. Let's stick to something that's solid 
Because if God is real, then he is the one that gets to decide what truth is. And we're the ones that get to discover it and find it for ourselves. So I am very excited to have shared this with you guys. And I hope that you are encouraged and challenged and that you will get into your Bible. And hopefully it's not something that feels so shamey or guilty to you. You can just realize this is something that I need to do so I know truth. This is an opportunity that I have to know God, to see who he really is, and to know who I am as his child and as a person and all that good stuff. I'm not sure where we're going next time, um, but I'm sure we'll end up somewhere. So until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.